behind the glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. I'm Katie. And this is the best (laughs) beer show on the internet. That hasn't been on for the last two weeks. Sorry about that, guys. That's um, ah, fine. Everything's okay. Uh, before we get uh, too deep here, I want to give a shout out to the American Home Brewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. I would also like to give a big thank you to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson and Devin Stinson. If you would like to be as awesome as all of our patrons, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash or click on the patron link above our homepage at blindedstudios.com and become a patron today. And if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head on over to blindedstudios.com, click the Amazon link above our homepage. Your Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. Really helps us out. All right, that is it for ads. But it's been a minute, so why don't we, uh, before we get into our discussion topic, which is going to be tips and hacks for extract brewing, uh, why don't we uh, kind of talk about what Brian's been up to in beer lately? Oh man. Um, so yeah, we're, we're here, which is, which is good. Cause I like literally just got home and I saw Katie at the brewery. Um, and I was sitting on my patio having a, having a beer and then I got a zoom link and I was like, Oh fuck, we're supposed to record today. Yeah. Uh, so, what, what, what time were we initially oh, supposed to record Brian? Um, two weeks ago. No, well, no, I mean, 6 p.m. today. <laughs> 6 p.m. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> well, yeah, technically 6, 6.30, so whatever, and, and that's my bad, and I'm sorry. I spent um, my day uh, hanging out. Uh, uh, hopefully this doesn't get me in trouble or anybody in trouble, but I spent my day across the border in St. Paul uh, with Wabasha Brewing. Mm. Minnesota uh, opened up uh, yesterday, right? No, they well technically June. It'll be June first. So oh, did they get extended? Up, they did get extended. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So while we uh, opened the brewery on quietly on Friday at noon, uh, which what was the date on that? Technically, three days ago, four days ago, the sixteenth or something. Yep. Uh, Quietly reopened. Um, starting to get things going. Minnesota will be a couple more weeks, I would imagine. We'll see how long it goes or what happens. So that said, I was uh, chilling out with Wabashaw Brewing Company uh, uh, and, and having some lunch and some beers and, and then made it home. And, and uh, yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, just making a lot of beer. All right. I I wonder if, and maybe we should do this uh, soon, maybe this next weekend, if we should do an episode on uh, visiting breweries and these establishments like post-COVID and what you can do to minimize risk. Yeah, Um, I can't um, see that being a a bad idea. Okay. uh, I definitely found, if you're watching on the thing, I found some PPE for... I did not uh, think that was a mask for a second. (laughs) 
Yeah, it looks like a thong. Dude. Like, <laughs> for for dudes with like long beards and long hair, like this. Yeah. Uh, tying some shit behind my head has been a giant pain in the ass. Which yeah. But area, I'm, I'm not trying to bitch about. Just want everyone to be safe and happy and healthy. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I finally found a mask that <laughs> that works. Works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Katie, what have you been up to? Um, you know, uh, you know, it, it, as, as Brian touched on at the brewery, at least we've, you know, we're, we're kind of introducing this reopening and we're being re- really cautious about it. So on the production side, you know, we're still doing a lot of packaging with in, into cans because our, um, distribution and in, into liquor stores and all, all that has been pretty healthy throughout all this more yeah. or less. Yeah. Um, but now we're starting to think about kegs. So I, I, today, my, my main, my main goal today, besides helping Ethan, um, a little bit with a brew day that we did, I, I cleaned kegs because I think that um, as places start to open up, we'll start to be able to sell, sell beer in kegs again, which is, oh, wow. is kind of nice. I'm, I miss that packaging actually more than I thought I would. Well, isn't it a lot easier than the other packaging? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot less troubleshooting, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, it's just like valves and hoses rather than, you know, the million components of the canning line. That, okay. You know, I built Entirely uh, electronics, solenoid, uh, yeah. valve sensors, yeah. Mac valves. Yeah, so like, it's, yeah. It's and, and you know, it's with with kegging, it's like it's tubing or hoses, valves, maybe a little CO two if you need it. But uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, we're we're brewing. We brewed some in Wisconsin today. Uh, so that's our our Hellas Lager at the brewery, and we also use that beer in our um our lemon shandy that we make. Maybe. The lemon is uh wildly popular okay it's, we were it's become we were sitting on 90 barrels of, we were sitting on 90 barrels of minisconsin and and now, now we're, we're yeah we yeah like like what monday we had 90 barrels of minisconsin and now we're down to 30 kind of complete and 15 that you know so we did 15 barrels today and we'll do the other 15 barrels of, of Minnesota tomorrow. So it's just like, we can't keep up and it's great, but it's just, you know, we always make this joke or Ethan and I have been making this joke that, you know, we're going to summer shandy. That's our, that's our, our brewing job. That's our project for this summer. So, yeah. yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, that was like the, yeah. the name of the game last summer. And it just, I mean, yeah. as, as we grow we're we're doing, a, you know, I mean, if you guys have listened to this from the get go, like, our volume is definitely growing a ton and, you know, despite everything. So, uh, been fun to watch. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it'll be, uh, now that everyone's going to kind of be stuck at home, uh, this summer. Like I was looking at my schedule and I had like four different flights planned this summer, all canceled, all that's gone out the window. Um, and so like now I'm like at home for the first time in years all summer. And so I'm really kind of curious to see what that's going to be like. And if well, that'll change my we're gonna go habits. fucking camping. You damn right yeah, we are. You and I, you and I can't seem to align a day to go or a weekend to go camping. Hey, we're gonna fucking get that two. done. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually going uh, this weekend uh, with uh, with old uh, old co-host Rick. Uh, we're going to his folks' place. Um, they have like seventy yeah. some acres or something, and yeah, we're gonna do that uh, Thursday, Friday night. Nice. Well, Rick's planning and. An Appalachian Trail adventure—that's fucking rad. Yep, yeah, that'll be mm-hmm. that'll be really cool for him. 
Um, all right. Uh, so beer related for me, uh, kind of ties a little bit into this, uh, these, these like tips and hacks for extract brewing. Um, so I was, or I, I posted out on the Facebook, I was like, Hey guys, do you have any tips that you wish you had had, uh, when you started brewing and a bunch of them flowed in, uh, and a lot of them were about these all in one electric brew systems which I have no experience in. I'm guessing you guys don't have any experience in. When we started, they weren't a thing. No. no. Um, so I bought one. I, for that matter, I've said it a number of times. Like I've, I actually, when I started in 2005, I made a number of, of my equipment pieces were uh, pieces of, you know, like they were things that I made myself. Yeah. You could order plans for them. Uh, make your own cuts on a, you know, on a, a copper wort chiller. You, know, you learn to solder pipe and things. So uh, I kind of became a maker. Uh, a maker, yeah. Yep. Uh, so I, I bought one of these uh, all-in-one uh, brew vessels. So uh, that should be here early June. So uh, I'll brew on that, kind of see what's what, and probably do an episode where you talk about that. Um, I got the... The Robo Brew. I wanted to go kind of middle of the road. Um, so it's like the Robo Brew, like version 3.1 or whatever, which is the latest one. Um, I didn't want to go like all Cadillac with the Grainfather. I didn't want to go baseline with, uh, well, I think it's the, uh, like the, the Mashin Brew or something. Um, so I kind of went middle Brewzilla? of the road. Yeah, yeah, it's the Bruzilla Robo Brew. This is Williams Engineering you're talking about. Cool. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think Katie and I might have to come over and brew with you, man. I think so. We can social distance brew for sure. I've, yeah, I've actually, uh, I've, you know, like you said, we this, those those things weren't a thing when I started brewing. So it was all, you know, get you know, propane, whatever, electric, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a stovetop. So it would be interesting to yep. see how those work. And yeah. also, of course, drink the final product. Well, right? of course, yeah, because at that point, like, we got to be able to get in studio soonish. Oh. Huh, we do. We really, really well, do. Uh, yeah, we. Well, I was. Uh, we we had a meeting. That's that's some off air talk though. We'll we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's actually dive into our discussion topic because I'm kind of excited about let's- this one. We've uh, we've talked about this the past few episodes um, about wanting to put together like a document with a bunch of tips and stuff. And Katie, uh, I applaud you. You did a ton of legwork oh, on this. And that is yeah, fan- totally, man. that is fantastic because it took a lot of work off of my plate and any work that I don't have to do, I love. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so we're going to we're going to kind of hit. Um, what is it? Four, five, four, four different uh, t- four different uh, stages of the brew day here um, and just kind of give you some basic tips that you that a brewer of any level can use. So if you're if you're still if you're still doing extract, these apply to you. If you're doing all grain, a lot of these will apply uh, apply to you as well. Uh, some of them won't, but we will do an all grain uh, tips and hacks once we get to that point in our series. Yep. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, potentially then. one for the rest of of the equipment because as you know, we get messages in from different people that listen to the show. Uh, they're doing all types of different things and. You know, we definitely like uh, have been called out that we all have our own little favorite stuff, yeah. and we tend to uh, stick to that. So we're we're gonna try to like branch out a little bit. 
then um, this is kind of our, our yeah, start. Yeah, here, so. uh, yeah, we're we're putting some of that patron money to good use and fiddling with some new uh, new toys. Um, but yeah, so uh, so the what we're gonna hit we're gonna hit uh, recipe development ingredients, uh, brew day and equipment. Um, fermentation and bottling, and then just some, like, miscellaneous, like, overall, uh, tips that came in. So, uh, let's, let's kind of hit, or let's start with, uh, recipe and development. Um, so, one, one of the, one of the first tips on here, and I think we can all agree with this, is for your first few batches, um, use recipe kits or, um, online if you can find, like, some reputable, uh, like, repositories for recipes, use those. There are a ton of them, and honestly, like, as Katie knows from working at uh, Northern Brewer, they've put together uh, an incredible set of kits that are, are very uh, decent clone kits um, that will, are, are e- easy is a bad way to put it, uh, or, well, or maybe it's not. They're easy to, easy to make, easy to ferment. Um, frustration is low. Um, so I, I guess my point is rely on the homebrew shop to put together a decent kit. Uh, is there any other yeah, reason? You, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Katie. I was going to say, you can go into, you know, home, uh, you know, a place like Northern Brew or Midwest Supplies. And I'm sure, you know, some of the other, you know, is it Williams Brewing? A lot of other yeah. bigger home shops, they, It was they, cool to see, and by the way. <laughs> to what? It was cool to see the Williams Brewing name again on the, on the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. electric kit, because I hadn't. I've definitely yeah. bought from them, but yeah. Been, been so, I mean, they, you know, they, they, at least speaking from Northern Brewers, you know, as, as being a former employee, they, you know, they, they put, they put time and effort into those kits and you will, you can go in there and you will find a beer style that, um, you will want to brew and drink. And, and, you know, I guess the point is, is just, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of creativity in brewing, but when you're starting out, just rely on the kits so you can kind of, figure out your process and you don't have to worry about was, was the, the taste of this beer because I didn't sanitize something well, or was it because I put too much, you know, a little, uh, uh like walk before you run. What's that? Just a little bit of a, like a, a walk before you start running type of exactly. uh, yeah. approach yeah. to yeah. it. Um, so, uh, kind of going off of this, we had a few comments, um, from people, from our past episodes um, saying that like a lot of people getting into brewing, they want to brew some of these more extreme styles and stuff. And then like, that's what gets them excited about it. Um, And I mean, so from, from my perspective, that's great. If you, if there's a style that you're really excited about um, brew that, but please make sure like you're doing some research and stuff like that. And just figuring out what you need, like, Brewing a a New England style IPA is, I mean, I'd put that in the quote unquote more advanced category yeah. of a beer to brew I mean, to get that, out to turn such well. Open. I mean, there, there's not really like there's there's a few different ways to do that. Beer. Yeah, if you're gonna brew a porter. You're brewing a porter. There's yeah, like fewer ways to. To, to interpret that and to make that happen. Um, but so if but and if you want to do something more um, more complex like that as your first like use your local resources go into your homebrew your local homebrew shop um, and talk to them go if you don't have one find forums or even like see if there's like a local homebrew club and go in and talk to those people and they'll be able to coach you through the process 
Um, doing a podcast like this, we have to give a little bit, like especially for um, like early brewers, a little bit more of a broad, broad, broad brush, if you will. Yeah, like, if this is the first time you're listening to something like this, which I, I really hope so, because uh, I hope we can help. I believe we can. Um, but uh, I would say that brewers have one of the most open communities or one of the more open communities as far as hobbies go. I mean, you know, like the open source tech community seems to be one as well. And I, I feel like there's a lot of things that flow naturally into like the brewing hobby that, you know, like technology, some electronics, some of this, some there's of that, an some chemistry. There's so. an insane amount of engineers and doctors and stuff that ended up in brewing for some reason. Exactly. <laughs> so you, you've got a, a good uh, bunch of people that'll help. So anyway, we're, we're dragging here. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, yeah, we, well, that's fine. Um, all right. So let's talk. Per- let's talk uh, DME versus LME. Um, Katie, sure. uh, do you, do you, uh, it seems like you have a preference here in the notes. So Well, I mean... Yes, I think, I mean, so DME is dry malt extract, and LME is liquid malt extract. And these are the, you know, it's basically a a company has um, done the work of kind of mashing the grain and doing all the things and extracting the sugars. So you can just pour this concentrate into um, water and and make the work that you need to make beer. Um, I I find um, that uh, these extracts have kind of a distinct uh, extracty flavor. I guess I, I guess you know it when you know it. You know it when you've tried it. You know you you you, you have these extract beers that you're able to brew, um, and they're easy, but they also you know they have a distinct flavor that sometimes can be a little bit not not as favorable as you know going to a brewery and having their all grain you know beers. So. I think that that flavor that's there that can kind of be seen as undesirable can be managed a little bit better with dry malt extract than it can be with liquid malt extract. So if you're able to substitute out your, your liquid malt extract in your, in your recipes with dry, I definitely um, would recommend that. I think it's just going to end up, a, your beer is going to end up just a little bit better. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of flows into the next one here. Uh, and we touch on like the, the Maillard reaction. So, um, so when you are, and this, this might go to brew day a little bit, um, but specific, like, but since we're talking about DME and LME right now, make sure you are like, when you're adding these to your water, you are stirring the shit out of that pot. Yeah. Um, because yeah, sure. as soon as it hits, it's, uh, hits the bottom of that, that hot steel or aluminum or whatever you're using for your pot, it's going to caramelize and cause this Maillard reaction. Um, which, uh, which we've all, we've all seen it. Like we've all had, uh, caramels, right. And those, those are created with a Maillard reaction. Um, the, or the part about de- dry malt extract that's interesting is how, like if you've I- interacted with a malt powder before, it's, it's so like fine and silty and like, like it's just this weird stuff and so you you kind of almost it'll take you a couple times to getting used to dumping that into a you know a hot pot of water that you're about to boil you know um, or that potentially yeah okay were you gonna say but, something i'm sorry <laughs> no i was uh. gonna say that because that dry malt extract it's like you pour it in and it just goes poof and it like, you know, you got to be careful. Yeah, really uh, guess about the, the dry malt versus liquid is that, you know, that, that caramelizing charring reaction at the bottom of the kettle, the, the dry malt tends to kind of float, 
explode at the top a little bit better of your of your boil. So I feel like you can kind of whisk yeah. that in a little bit better. And the liquid, I mean, you dump that in, and it's it like just drops it right to the bottom. It down. lifts or right down. I mean, it's heavier. You know, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um. So maybe you guys can answer this one. Uh, how do you guys store your draw or your DME? Um, for me, I know it like, as soon as I open up that, that, uh, that bag, especially like if it's like a day in the middle of like July or August and it's super humid, like it's all clumped together immediately. It's the worst. It's just the worst. <laughs> uh, I would I mean, if you can keep things in a cool, dry place, that's ideal. Uh, you know, maybe a big, a big, a bigger Tupperware kind of container or whatever. Um, you could even dump it from the bag that you get it in the store if you're not going to use it all and stick it in. But yeah, it's, it's sticky. I mean, beer, beer wort is just sticky and then you concentrate it down to those levels and it's just, it's not going to get any better. You know, you just sort of have to, you just kind of have to just like deal with it and be, be okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then you, uh, when you're building your recipes, so if you, you're, you're past the kit stage, you want to build your own extract recipe. Um, do like, don't try to rely on the malt extract to impart the color or flavors in your recipe, uh, that yeah. you're, it's adding the sugars, your base, your base malt sugars is what you're getting from the extract. Well, when you, yeah, I mean, when you're brewing, if, you know, if, if you ever, if as an extract brewer, if you ever get to the point where you're doing all grain brewing, um, the, the 80% of your recipe is a light malt. Um, so you, you know, you can go into a homebrew shop and you can buy like dark malt extract, and that's basically, you know, it's, it's, they've done that. They've just making a, they, they've made this concentrate of a darker, in my opinion, I think if you were to go with a lighter malt extract and then go over to your all grain section in your homebrew shop and pick up, you know, chocolate malt or black malt or whatever, all, you know, all those darker color malts to make the color that you want, it's going to be a, a much more authentic product. Chocolate malt doesn't taste like chocolate. It just makes beer darker. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You can get some chocolatey flavors. Light, chocolate light, flavors. light chocolate. Light chocolate does. Bit, yep. Yeah. Oh. Ask Katie how we get our chocolatey flavors. Actually, don't ask for that because don't tell them. <laughs> and I don't I know the answer off the top of my head, Brian. <laughs> also, Brian, you just said that the brewing community is very open, and then you just tried to keep like a secret. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Uh, all right um yeah, so, oh yeah no, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah no it's it's fine uh yeah yeah so yeah so um lighter like yeah so just just lighter love bond or srm extracts and then use your specialty malts for color and flavor um but the most important thing i i think like no matter like we've talked about a lot of stuff here but if you don't take anything away from this take this away double the yeast that your recipe calls for um, Can I interrupt? Yeah. Casey? Go ahead. I want to reiterate double the yeast that your recipe calls for. It's only $7. We were, <laughs> where are we in the notes, man? Uh, we're, 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 we're right above, right above Brew Day. Um, yeah, so this is the biggest thing. Uh, new brewers oh, are notorious oh, for underpitching. Yes. Um, and if you're. The if home you're, brew packages are, are not big enough for what you need. The, the yeah. biggest breakthrough I ever had in home brewing was uh, the yeast piece to it. Like everything else matters. Yes. But 
you will not have beer or alcohol without the yeast. Yeah. Well, pay attention to this one. Use double the yeast pack. The, the recipe. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go a step further on this. Um, yep. Depending on where you're buying your recipe kit from, you don't know how long that has been sitting on the shelf. And if you use like older malt extract and specialty grains that that aren't crushed, like it'll turn out fine. But if your yeast is shot, like if that if that yeast has been sitting sitting around at room temperature for a year, you're not gonna have a great time with your beer. Um, so maybe like if they if they have if they have other yeast there, like I've run into this. Um, I don't want to like uh, I've been to places where they've had brewers best kits just sitting on the shelf for ages. And then, you know, I pick them up because, like, oh, let's try it, you know. And then, but you always buy fresh yeast. Like, if you're going to splurge for something, splurge for more yeast. Yeah. And I know if you, I mean, if if you're ordering uh, online at these places, you are given the option of either dry or liquid. And um, I I think on the home brewer level, liquid is is the better option. That's just my personal opinion. Because it's it's it is going to be more fresh and the yeast is going to be more healthy. If you go into uh, a homebrew shop, like if you're gonna, if you're in say if you happen to be in St. Paul and you're at Northern Brewer St. Paul or wherever, um, well, that's the only location I suppose at this point. But uh, <laughs> you have to pick up the yeast separately. So that yeast has been refrigerated. So whether it's liquid or dry, it's been in the refrigerator and it's probably as healthy as it as as you could possibly get. Um, but still, mm. in my opinion, you should get the liquid as a home brewer. Yep, and uh, making a starter. There's nothing like wrong with not, rice. <laughs> no, there is not. And actually, I learned that at Hop and Barrel, uh, that as as a, on a commercial level, dry yeast works really well if you manage it well. But um, Yeah, but it's I, not everyone, so. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So just kind of reiterate, uh, just a few things here. Uh, the biggest thing we want to touch on is the yeast. Um, use DME in place of LME if you have the option. Uh, maybe start with recipe kits. If you can't, not a big deal. Or if you don't want to, not a big deal. Just do, just do a little bit more research. Um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the biggest thing is we want your first batch to be super successful. So you fall in love with the hobby. Yeah, like, we that's, do. absolutely. Like that's that at the end of the day, that's that's all we're on. If we if if we sound, you know, a little dogmatic, well, you know, it happens. You'll you'll become I guarantee you're gonna become dogmatic about something in your brewing process. It happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That and or jaded. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's let's dive into brew day here. Um, so the first thing we have here is so when you when you go and you buy a kit, they give you, I think, a five gallon pot. If yep. you have the option, go bigger immediately. Um, you need if, a ten-gallon pot because you're brewing a five-gallon batch, which means you're brewing seven to seven and a half, which will uh, get don't you don't to listen to five. Brian. You can get away with a seven and a half-gallon pot. It goes right up to the lip, but you can do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, so just, just get a bigger, uh, pot. Um, somebody, you know, has a turkey fryer that they bought one, uh, one Thanksgiving and it's sitting in their garage and they haven't touched it. Get that. It is sitting in their garage or their basement. Take that from them. Yes. Uh, use that immediately. Even if you're still doing stovetop, you can, you can start doing, uh, the full five gallon, uh, boil, um, with a lot less worry about boil overs. 
Um, or at least you'll have yourself a hot liquor tank, which just basically means like a full tank of hot fucking water. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like a bigger pot does a few things. One, uh, doing the full boil, uh, you're just going to get better beer. It just uh, you're like you're, you're not going to have those those weird Maillard reactions. All of your water is going to be in there. Um, it's just and it's going to help like uh, with your with your hop isomerization, all that. Just it's going to just make it better. Um, then uh, if you can double burner on the stove. Like if you have yes, that. I, that was my little addition. I had this. I, I don't know where I found this pot, but it was it was like wider than it was tall but it was a bigger pot and i had it setting on the one burner on my stove and i kind of looked and i was like hey it'll fit i mean it didn't quite fit on two burners but you know you know it's just so like the faster you can get this thing heated and all the yeah. things the better the boil oh well, and it, it shortens so your brew day which you makes it much more notice, yeah if you have I, I first of all i love the turkey i didn't even think about that but the turkey burner if you have a turkey burner and a propane tank do it outside it's just so worth it but do you happen to notice that your your kettle fits on two burners on your stove? Go for it. I've definitely done that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I have definitely also filled a bathtub full of ice. I have definitely also mm-hmm. filled a full of fucking ice. I've definitely also taken a brew kettle and jammed it in the snow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done that. But it turns out that what? snow is an insulator and not exactly what you want. Man, I was and on then, this- And then you have to... You have to move the pot. Yep. You just have to like. Oh, yeah. I was on another podcast recently and I said, they were like, oh, where are you? And I said, I'm in the Midwest. And they were like, oh, where? Like Nebraska? And I was like, no, Minnesota. And they were like, no, you're in the fucking upper Midwest. Brian, I feel cheated on. You're doing other podcasts? (laughs) I do lots of other things that you don't need. (laughs) Not very. Katie's my new favorite co-host. <laughs> Damn both of you. I don't I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> All right. Um let's let's move this a little on here. I mean sure people are yeah, having sure. a lot of fun listening to us. because uh, yeah. I know I'm having a lot of fun with this. But uh so let's let's uh, hydrometer. One of the ah. cheapest and easiest things you can buy to make your brew day better. And I will say not just a, a, uh, a hydrometer, um, but a, uh, graduated cylinder as well. Yeah. Um, well, you can't really check the gravity without a graduated. Oh, answer. you can, you can buy more than one. Cause you are going to end up with a hydrometer. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. No, always have two. They're, well, they're like eight bucks. Um, Honestly, most of them, um, at least that Northern Brewer sells, they're plastic at this point. So, what? Um, you you got to work real. Yeah, they don't have. I mean, at least unless there's there was a lot, unless there was some Casey backlash with other home brewers that were like, "What? Not glass?" <laughs> no. Uh, when I as as I was editing uh, Northern about five years ago, they had basically eliminated all of the glass hydrometers, and they were all plastic. Last time I bought hydrometers, I bought I bought six, and so I'm still I'm still going through those. And I still have one left. I have two. I have two. Yeah. I rarely stick my foot down on anything, but I I don't know I don't know man maybe maybe I sound like an old man from the hills, but like 
I'm not going to use a fucking plastic hydrometer. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I've, I've had issues, like, I mean, <laughs> I've busted hydrometers yeah, in the dumbest way. My grandfather's corn whiskey was good enough for him, it's good enough for me, good enough for my children. All right, so um, using a hydrometer, uh, you it's basically you're measuring uh, the sugars in your wart at various stages. It helps you figure out where you're going to be and especially helpful during fermentation. Um, but you need it uh, at this stage so you know uh, how much or like when your fermentation is kind of where you're at or if if you fermented enough and what your ABV is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, and, the, and the fermentation, you know, whether the fermentation is complete is I think the most important. You know, your ABV is whatever it is and it's probably not going to be what the package that you buy these extract, extract kits says it is. But, you know, if you take if you take a hydrometer reading of your of your beer when you think it's done two or three days in a row and it's stayed the same, your your, your yeast has done the job and your beer is ready to, to yeah. move on to the next stage. Yep. Trust the home brew shop, trust the kit, trust the companies to get you to the point where you need to be. And yeah. you're almost always going to end up with a product that, that you enjoy. Um, sometimes there's going to be some variation and it, you know, it might be – I guarantee you it's not going to be like a full percent or anything. It might be, you know, a few points or whatever, but I would at this point in the game, trust your, your, uh, elders, (laughs) if you will. All right. Uh, so, so our next, our next tip here, um, and Katie, I have, I, I, I have something to say about this one that I'm not. So, uh, your, your tip on here was don't put all the malt extract in at the beginning of the boil, leave most of it for the last 10 minutes to reduce the Maillard Mm -hmm. reaction. It does reduce the Maillard reaction, but don't you need, uh, some of the components in the malt for the isomerization of hops? Yes, you do. But you don't need you don't need all of it. Like you know, even if it's like thir- save thirty percent of your malt extract for the end, or fifty percent, or whatever. Okay. Um, you you do need some of it. You know, uh, you can't just be putting hops in you know boiling water and then add your malt at the end. Uh, but it's you know it, it's sort of like a balance between do you want those that that weird extract flavor or maybe a little less hop utilization than than you were expecting. Okay. And extract. You, you, the extract, extract twang. twang it is that's what yep. it's called. we call it that the twang it's a twang so yeah no no definitely you need some at the beginning um that's that's very important to make sure your your hops are uh being isomerized but keep okay. some of the end so maybe do like a 60 40 or 70 30 like yeah, beginning end that. okay um, and then, yeah, uh, so for everything you're doing, use a timer, uh, if you can, uh, like, I mean, your phone, you could set multiple timers. Personally, mm-hmm. I like to have a separate, like, kitchen timer that I can set multiple times on, um, yeah. just because, you know, it's a lot of time, and, like, your phone can screw things up, and just having that, having that timer, like, makes it separate, makes it, at least for me, easier to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it can be easy to say, you know, like, they'll say you have a, a 10-minute hop edition, which... Um, if anybody is super new at this, that means that when there's 10 minutes left in the boil, you have to add some hops. Um, and it's easy to forget like, oh, was that it? Like, you know, what, what time was that again? Oh crap. I forgot. So just have a timer, use it. It's, it seems like such a simple little tip, but it's super important. Yeah. Um, and then the final one that we're going to talk about here, I think we'll leave equipment upgrades for another episode here. Um, boil overs are messy. Uh, yes. Just kind of a warning. Boil overs will happen. Like no matter like no matter what, you're gonna get a boil over. 
You could be yeah. the most careful well, brew in the world. Bad about it. And at some point you I, will. Yeah. Um, I, the first brewery I worked at, I had a boil over and there was some old man that was like screaming and yelling at me and calling me a noob. And, uh, they're just, they're just going to happen. Don't worry about them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, there are some things you can do to prevent boil overs. Yep. Uh, so one of the, one of the things that you can do is, uh, once you're, once the, the wort that starts to boil and, you know, to be honest, I don't, I suppose this would, would, would impact extract brewing. Don't, don't just immediately throw, I mean, if you're time sensitive, throw your hops and do your thing, but, you know, give, give that boil 10 or 15 minutes to kind of work its way out. And there's this, it's, it's called hot break. And that kind of needs to sort of like figure itself out in the boil, just to put it as simply as possible. So let yep. that boil for about 10 or 15 minutes before you add your first hop addition. Uh, the other thing that you can do, especially if you have a propane burner and you're not using an electric stovetop, is turn your turn your um, your heat source off while you're adding the hops, just to let yep. that that boil simmer and kind of settle for just just a second. And that will definitely help. Um, some other things that I've found, uh, keeping a little spray bottle, uh, full of clean water. Yeah. Uh, you can, that, you can, yeah. you can spray the, like, as it's starting to foam up, just spray the foam. It'll knock it right down. Uh, it's, so weird. it's so weird how you forget the little things like that. So, yep. uh, what Casey's describing here is that when, when stuff starts to blow, like think if you're making some, uh, boiling some water and you throw your mac and cheese craft no- noodles yeah. in there and it starts to like get real crazy like oh shit it's boiling over because all these proteins are starting to fucking break down like and then you and you blow on it like physically like well what what is being described here is that if you have actually like a like you should in your brewery a a spray bottle full of sandy like star sand uh you can you can point it right at that boiling and 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 get it to go down i mean you can blow on it too but um, the other, the other thing I've had, I've had luck with, and I have no idea why it works, but, um, there's an old, uh, Italian, uh, grandmother's tale of putting a wooden spoon over the, over the here, pot. Here we go. Um, and I literally bought a wooden dowel that I would put over the pot and it would prevent <laughs> boil overs. It would Whatever, come when up. I, when, it, when I used to brew, I used to dangle a, a large piece of copper pipe in. A, a piece of wire that was made out of silver. So that 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 was my thing. I don't brew anymore. I don't know where the hell that copper went. Um, but yeah, like when we like Katie, do you know where that piece of copper is? It's hanging on the brew house somewhere. We don't we don't do we don't put it in there, but it's it's there. It's like a it's like a, a homage to Brian. Brian's weird ass <laughs> shit. It's like an, an old an old bear died and left its tusk <laughs> and we'll hang it here. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's, let's dive into fermentation and bottling, uh, quick here. Um, so the first thing is when you buy your, when you buy your, uh, buy your first like starter kit, you're going to get a bucket or a carboy and it's going to come with, um, with probably an S lock, Sometimes a three part, um, a three part, uh, like, you know, bubbler thing. Um, don't use that right away. Not, not the first couple days of fermentation, especially if you're, um, if you're, you're using our tip of doubling your yeast. Yes. Um, You'll get some blammo. Uh, what, what do you want to use instead? 
Uh, it's called a, a blow-off tube. So um, if if the it's usually the same diameter as as the uh, uh, the stopper. So it's about a one inch, I would say. Is that something uh, for about right? for a one carboy inch? for a bucket? Um, it's less than that. It's probably okay. half. Yeah. Bit. So, but You're it's basically you put the tube on the top of your carboy and then that tube goes into another separate bucket of sanitizer and that's it's called a blow-off tube and all of the extra the, that krausen um, which is what the all those bubbles that form during active fermentation as they want to exit out of that fermenter they will go into the the sandy bucket and it'll be a lot less messy and it will uh, probably prevent literally the airlock from blowing off the top of your yeah or the lid blowing off or in the case of mine literally (laughs) busting the steel hinges off of a brew bucket um you're not you're telling a story of a friend of yours that that happened to that actually happened to you that literally happened to me (laughs) yeah (laughs) dude oh okay (laughs) so that is that yeah uh there there is going to be 50 percent of your fermentation uh it will offshoot gas so when you're fermenting something the byproduct is alcohol or co2 the co2 Mm -hmm. can't stay in the beer until we want it to especially at that too high of a temperature for the co2 to stay in solution so it's got to pump that back out. So yeast eats sugar, poops, CO2, and alcohol, period. And a bunch of other stuff that we won't get into. But that said, we need a, we need a tube off of it to blow that CO2 off into the atmosphere, okay? I mean, and if we're standing in a room that's all CO2, we would die. So there's, you know, that. But uh, that being said, this blow-off situation... What you can do is take a piece of tubing that's the same diameter coming off of the bung that you would put the airlock in, put that into another sanitary uh, vessel. Like you could even use a growler. Yep. To you ba- you're basically making a very large airlock. Yep. Yeah. Or another fermenter yeah. would even work if you have a spare yep. carboy. So you just put the hose into that and put some sandy water yeah. in there. Yeah. You it- should have sandy water sitting around it. You, right? So the, the big thing you want here is you want that other end of the tube to be submerged. So, uh, so things can't go up it and infect your beer. Thank you. Um, that's yeah. And, and, you know, talk about these, these messy fermentation result or, you know, these blow offs. That's, that's actually a, a really good thing. I, I would have people come in and be like, Oh, my, my fermenter blew off everywhere. And it's like, well, that means your yeast was super happy. So yeah, that's good a job. good thing. You just got to kind of be prepared for it. All right. Yeah. On it, honestly, like at the, I think I've told this Katie's probably heard this story or you have 900 times, but when I got to a point where I was just brewing beer at my house for my own self after I was actually working at a brewery, uh, I would just throw it into a five gallon bucket and leave the lid, <laughs> leave the lid, lid cracked. cracked. Yeah. I mean, as long as you don't have anything yeah. physically falling into it, that CO2 blanket's going to no. keep stuff out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sure. I, I, I'm opposed to that. All sure. right. Um, the, the next the next thing we want to touch on here is limit the number of times you transfer the your beer. Um, so we've yeah. we've uh, I I've gone on rants uh, in the past. I don't think I've done that in the past couple of years. So I'll probably try to try to not here. 
Um, but you don't need to do a set, like a secondary fermentation is not a thing you need to do. Um, because first of all, it doesn't mean anything. Your beer is not going to set, uh, ferment a second time. You're just, you're transferring into another vessel that doesn't have the yeast cake. But as long as you're moving it off of there within like a month, you're not going to get autolysis and those bad flavors. You're just giving it a longer time to clean up. Um, mm-hmm. so you don't need to move if, your if beer. If you know what times. you're doing, then rack to secondary. If you do not... Don't rack to secondary. I say don't rack to secondary ever unless you absolutely have to or you're adding fruits. Depends on what you're brewing, or, man. That's for my cat. Like you, I guess you, loggers maybe if you're going to you, logger for an extended well, period of time. Loggers or like, loggers. like Belgian triples, Russian imperial stouts, those that want you want to have age for maybe a couple of months. Yeah. Definitely you got to get it off that yeast, but... I agree. I agree with Casey. You don't the yeast. It's you know yeast is 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 healthy and it's gonna it's gonna it, um, go dormant at the bottom and throw off very few off flavors if you're treating it well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So unless unless you're doing yeah, largely um, it's no point in secondarying. But yeah. if you do it, know what you're doing, then whatever. Anyway, moving on. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. The, the fewer times you transfer, like. The, or the more times you transfer, the more oxygen you're reducing and the more uh, potential you have for infection. So the fewer times you do that, the better. Um, as far and like uh, we had we had a few people say this. Um, I'm going to I'm going to like uh, throw a throw a shout out to Alex Global uh, Global for this one. Um, just get the damn auto siphon. Uh, you'll be so <laughs> mad that you spent so much time struggling with that stupid racking cane when you finally switch over. Truer words have never yeah, been like, said. Like, just the, the, wow, the yeah, thing. why would you even bother with a yeah. non-auto stuff? Because that's what they, that's, that's what they used to give you in, like, the standard kits, was just that racking cane. You know what I, a stainless steel racking you'd have, like, cane. you'd have to, like, hit the surface of the liquid just right in order for it to start sucking up. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A good use of a stainless steel uh, racking cane at this moment is to open your fermenter when you're pulling yeast off of 15 or 30 and to sanitize, blow, like flame it or sand it and then jam it in. Dude, am I blowing that your mind or not? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's Topic the for only- another <laughs> Yeah, of the stainless steel racking cane is to un. un- Mess Unchunk up, uh, the right. from yeah. All right, um, and then, uh, so then, uh, kind of going on to bottling from there, um, get a get a spring tip bottling wand. Like if you're bottling, yeah. it's yeah. kind of necess- as a necessity. Basically, um, it it clogs the end of your um, of your bottle um, until you until you push it down. Also, when you're bottling. Um, push that down and wait for the beer to get to the lip of the bottle. And then when you pull that wand out, you're going to have pretty much the perfect amount of head space left in your yeah. beer. What do we yep. say? We say cap on foam. Well, if you're so bottling a on, flat beer, you're not really going to have any foam. I mean, if you're bottling, oh, I suppose if we're talking about bottle conditioning, yep. my bad. Yep. Right. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about a beer. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, all right. So, um, the other thing, uh, I'm going to throw a shout out to our black belt patron, Devin Stinson for this one. If you're bottling, um, you should buy the jet washers and bottle trees mm-hmm. to dry. 
Um, all, yes, all of the accessories you look at when starting seem a bit much, but in the end, those two are so worth it. Just to speed things along. Absolutely. Honestly, yep. also, if you have children, um, it's it's not out of the <laughs> color to, to get them to help teach them how to sanitize bottle. Yeah, uh, and or fill a bottle. Frankly, yeah, uh, yeah, or I cap have, a bottle with a little bench capper. Super easy. Uh, I'll throw that yep. one in there. Uh, Tony, get rid of your yeah. wing capper immediately. Get a bench capper. Get a bench capper. You know, and that and that kind of touches a little bit quickly on this idea of, um, and I don't think we 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 talk about it here, but you know, the, the I, I think I I purchased in the two years that I was bottling beer before I switched to kegging, I think I purchased four wing cappers because they would break. Yeah. And if I had just invested in a bench top capper, I probably would still have it to this day. Yeah. So we have you know, be be willing to spend a little bit more money on a little bit better equipment if this is a hobby yeah. that you see yourself doing. Yeah, no, get get the kit to start, try that, and then um there's there's certain things and we'll kinda we'll we should do we could do an entire episode on the specific items that you should upgrade out of that kit first. Oh yeah. Um and I think that would be a good one. Um all right, so uh, we're getting kind of long in the tooth here, so we should probably wrap this up quick. Uh, just a, que- uh, a, fi- uh, a quick few things that I want to talk about. One, uh, we probably should have said this at the top and at the bottom. Write stuff down. Um, even if, like, go go online, find... Uh, there's so many templates for brew day sheets. Find one that you like um, and just start filling it out for every brew day. Uh, don't, don't be me. Or, or Katie will make you one. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. Yes. No, dude. Katie made all of the sh- the sheets for brewing at the brewery, like or like a good majority of them. Ethan did oh, some. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, or, or took them and improved them, whichever. Uh, if you're if you're able to make two or more batches a month, reuse your yeast. Uh, we did an entire episode about that a while back. That might be a little much if you're just starting out and you're not entirely sure about your sanitary practices. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would, uh, just kind of like, it's, it's something that you can, you can keep in mind. Uh, yeast does get better, um, with generations until a point. Um, and then a couple of things from listeners, uh, Matthias Fisher said a spray bottle of star sand always on hand within reach oh, is yeah. incredibly helpful. Um, he Smart also, man. uh, he also said if you're doing any kind of water treatment, Camden tablets to remove, uh, chlorine and chloramine from your, from your brew water the day before. Honestly, like from a water standpoint, you you probably don't need to worry about it until you want to worry about it. So yeah. that said, the Camden tablets are a huge recommendation. If, if, if you're not if you're not going to do anything to your water, do that. Like it's just do a that. good first yeah. step. We literally our main filtration system at the brewery is for chlorine and chloramine. Period. Mm-hmm. So, All yeah. right, and it comes out. Um, is there any last uh, things you guys would like to leave our listeners with? Man, no, this one got real long. And <laughs> That's fine. No, this, I'm not trying well, to cut I, you guys off. I'm just moving us forward. I don't. Um, and, oh, well, we didn't. I mean, we could talk a little bit about. So I, I just a quick short story, quick short story. Uh, the first batch of beer I brewed, I was so excited that I drank it before it was fully carbonated. So, like, I know you're excited. It's your first <laughs> batch of beer. But just, like, just 
wait because I finally got to like the last two bottles of this 24, you know, it's 24 bottles. It's not a lot. And I was like, this is perfect. And if I had waited a week, <laughs> all of it would would have Instead been so like much better. Two bottles of flat beer, more or less, and two bottles of perfect beer. So just, just, just give, it, give it some time. Don't act like, don't act like we don't sit around and drink flat beer at the brewery. Oh, and be like, now I do, awesome. but not, but but, but not now it's on purpose, bag. Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, it, bag, like, permanent. Let's, well, and let, let's let's kind of. I mean, I, I kind of want to mention that your first your first batch of beer, no matter how it turns out, is always going to be your best. Like it, you're all, in your mind, you're always going to be like, "This yeah. is so good," and all of your friends are immediately going to be like, "This is so good," and then the more you brew, the more they're going to be like, "Eh." <laughs> yeah. You don't need For recipes. Sure. That Justin and I had as home brewers that we tried as as pro brewers that we were like, well, this one didn't pan out. <laughs> <laughs> Either from a brewing standpoint or from a fucking like sales standpoint, it's just like not quite there. Yeah, yeah. you know, but like you know, because so I have you know I've I've uh, I've worked at at Hop and Barrel for what like three years now, and up until the last three months, I've had you know some part of the production, but but. Now that I'm the one making the beer, it tastes way better. That, <laughs> I, don't well, think it has, I don't know if it has anything to do with me. It's just, it's like, you know, I put the work behind it. So it's so much better. So, I mean, it, it, there is something to be said. For no, you, make that, that, you make this and even if it's fucking crappy, it's still super good. <laughs> that, that blood, sweat and tears thing. It's real. Like yeah, it, make, it makes it sure. taste better. Um, so yeah, I guess what we're trying to say here is brew. Like, that's all we're saying. Go, go brew. And we're just trying to help you make the best beer possible. Um, also, uh, I do have a retraction that I need to make, uh, from last episode and I totally forgot, uh, Bjorn, uh, called me out on this. Um, so we were talking about squeezing the grain bag, uh, the grain bag because, uh, and that is a... Uh, like I did some more research and he brought a few things to mind. Uh, yeah, no, go ahead and squeeze the shit out of it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so that was old. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was old, uh, like yeah. home brewer lore about squeezing it to, ex- and he brought up a really good point. Uh, when you are, when you are mashing at a commercial level, you're putting way more force on that grain than you ever will. If you're squeezing with your hands. I don't know, man. Sometimes, like, I think that he should. Damn it! I mean, we we have offered to have him on. Yes, uh, no, and we've we're 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 talking about that. It's it's just a whole uh, like it's a whole like time difference. No, because he's in like Scandinavia, and we'd either have to record really early or super late, and neither of those work for us. Did he not though? We recorded three thirty. days (laughs) (laughs) days <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah no no but uh no i just wanted to make sure i got that out of there uh and that kind of brings up a good point we're not infallible we make mistakes if you've heard anything that's wrong or if you have any like anything that you'd like to extrapolate on or even like correct us on please let us know and you can shoot us an email at feedback yeah. at blindestudios.com you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blind studios, uh, or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And we'll see you guys next week.
Peace. Good night.